I want to share with you what got the church activated in the book of Acts. How did this whole thing start? So before I go there, let me, let me just do a quick survey. Um, what was the last commandment that Jesus said before he went and ascended into heaven? Was it go or was it wait? Go or wait? Okay, here we go. Everybody that says that the last commandment Jesus gave was the word go, raise your hand. If you think it's go, raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, if you think it's wait, raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, everybody, the answer is Wait. Everybody's like, yeah, you lost. All right, okay, so it actually is, wait, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, I'm going to show you right here, watch, watch, Acts chapter 4, so Jesus, is a, he's, he's been on, he's, he, he's risen, he's been hanging with his guys for about 40 days, doing miracles, proving who he was, having meals with different people, and he's about to ascend into heaven. We know as Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, is the go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, the authority, all of that. We all know that. We know that's the thing. But this is also what Jesus said right before he ascended. It was Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5, and verse 8. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to, everybody say it. Wait. Say it again. Wait. wait. You got to wait. How many have a hard time with that? Let's be honest in here. How many have a hard time waiting? I mean, you just can't wait for this service to be up. Okay, no, all right, let's go. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be, here we go, you'll be baptized with the what? The Holy Spirit, not many days from now, but you will receive, here we go, you will receive power. Oh, that was not a powerful way to say it. You will receive power. Come on, look at somebody, tell them, I got the power. Okay, so here we go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why would Jesus tell the disciples to wait? It's almost weird because he told them to go. Go, make disciples. Go teach. Go baptize. But then he said, that's like, y'all ever played red light, green light? Y'all ever played that? Green light, red light. (laughs) Green light, red light. (laughs) Why? Why would he do that? Because Jesus knew that in order for them to go, and do all that he had commanded them to do, they needed the power to do what he was gonna tell them to go do. They needed power, and this power came from the Holy Spirit. So today, we're gonna talk about this idea of the Holy Spirit, and this tells us that there's a promise of the Father that he has given. I'm gonna tell you right now, all of our efforts, we pray this every single Sunday, that all of our efforts, all of our singing, all of our teaching, all of our preaching, all of our greeting, all of everything that we do here in this church means nothing if we don't have the Holy Spirit here with us. Can I get an amen from somebody in this church? We want the Holy Spirit to come and rule and reign in our services, to come and speak and move. He, he saves and he convicts and he encourages and he gives faith and he gives hope. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is a he, it's not an it, it's not Casper, okay? Holy Spirit is a a third of the Trinity, and yet oftentimes for many of us, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we we, we have mixed emotions when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So I want to give you three kind of mixed emotions that people have. I mean, when you heard, I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit, some of you just like your body started cringing. Because there's a couple of things that I think, how many know the Holy Spirit's gotten some bad PR over the last decade, decade and a half? So here's the first one, is that a lot of people have, when they think of the Holy Spirit, they think of crazy, crazy. How many of you been around it or experienced crazy? Anybody, raise, raise of hands, crazy. Like people run around the room, 
flame cloths, people kicking people down. Come on, how many know how many seen it? Got crazy hair, different colors, you know? Maybe makeup, maybe not makeup, I don't know. But just can, can, there's a craziness that can come around when people think of charismatic or when people hear these, these, these words that in regards to the Holy Spirit, they can think, oh, that's crazy. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to do with that. Uh, snakes, <laughs> I mean, just crazy things. The second emotion that people have is cautious. They get cautious when they start hearing about the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you grew up, when it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody, like, we're going to talk about the Holy Ghost, and they got to do, like, you got to lean with it. Holy Ghost, okay? We're going to talk about the Holy Ghost. All right, this is, if people are, like, really cautious around the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, yet again, because of maybe bad experiences, uh, maybe, maybe it wasn't a personal experience, maybe it was just things that you heard from other people, maybe it's something you watched on TV, and you're like, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want to have anything to do with him. And then the third thing is, and I think a lot more people are in this third category, is they're just straight up confused. We're like, what is the Holy Spirit? What is his role? I, I, I understand the Father. I have a Father. Okay, I can understand that. I can understand Jesus. He was here as a, as a human. You know, he died for my sins. Okay, Jesus is my homeboy. I understand that. But man, this ghost thing, I just don't quite understand. And what, how, how, how strategic of Satan to get you to be afraid and confused of the number one thing that you need in your life. How strategic of Satan to get you to be afraid, scared, and confused of the number one thing that will change your life forever. Man, he's clever. He's smart. Because the enemy knows that the Holy Spirit is the game changer. The game changer. The game changer. The enemy does not want you to be activated. Now, <clears throat> I'm not quite what you would call the handyman. Pastor JJ is way more handy than I am. He's been doing all the stuff in our connections building. It's been awesome. If you wanted me to do it, it wouldn't have gotten done. I would have called one of y'all, somebody in here. I have a couple, couple tools in, in, my, in my toolbox. It's just a little box, and I got some, some tools in it. And, and one of the things that I really, really love is, is I want, like, manly tools. Like, it's not a tool unless it can cut your arm off. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's not a real tool unless it's got some, some power behind, behind it. And a, and a couple of years back, I was putting up uh, picture frames in my house and, like, screwing in screws to, you know, hang with the picture frame. And I was doing it with a, with a regular screwdriver. And, uh, and I had a friend come over. And uh, his dad came over, and we're working on stuff. And he's like, hey, you got, you got like a, a, a power drill or a power... And I was like... And I gave him a screwdriver, and he's like, you use this? Like, I was like offended, you know? Like, yes, I use this. Real men use real muscles. <laughs> and then he brought this to me. And I was like, what is that? And he was like, watch. I was like, that is amazing. What is that? It's like, it's, it's, I don't even know what it's called. It's got a, it's got a name on it. It's just a power something. Um, that shows how much I know about these things. Power screwdriver. There we go. I know it's a Phillips head. Okay. Um, there's probably more women that know more about this stuff than I do. So, okay, y'all stop. All right, quit. So, so he brought this to me. And at the end of the day, I was like, oh, you forgot your, your power screwdriver. And he said... It's yours. After I kissed him, 
I, I started doing as much as I could around the house. Just, babe, what else do you need? What else do you need? Just tell me. This thing was awesome. It took what probably would take five to ten minutes for me to screw into our very, very hard walls that we have. Four seconds. But it wasn't because of just this. It was because of this. See, because without this, nothing. I'm back to forearm work. But as soon as I put this in, oh, 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 I feel it. I feel it. Hey, listen. A lot of you are living like this. And everything that you're trying to do in life is this. And you're wondering why you're frustrated, and you're wondering why you're exhausted, and you're wondering why you can't get anywhere in life. I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit wants to hook you up with some battery power, and you come into a new relationship with God. So the title of today's message is Batteries Not Included. Because even though you get saved and the Spirit of God does come and live on the inside of you when you do get saved, there is another portion of what the Holy Spirit comes when the Holy Spirit literally comes upon you and gives you power to do things that you can't do on your own. All throughout scripture we see this. Jesus did not even perform one miracle until he was baptized and until he came out of the water and the Holy Spirit descended on him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know what happened the next verse? The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days. How many know you'd be like, get behind me, Satan, that ain't, that ain't Jesus, okay? That, but if you look at the book of Luke and you look at the book of Acts, which by the way were both written by the same guy, a guy by the name of Luke, 15 times he mentions the Holy Spirit in the book of Luke, 56 times he mentions the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, you see a parallel between Jesus' dependence of the Holy Spirit and the New Testament church's dependence on the Holy Spirit. I just wrote a couple of them down. Acts, uh, in Luke chapter 3, Jesus' ministry began by the Holy Spirit descending upon him. Acts chapter 2, the church's birth by the Holy Spirit descending upon them. Uh, Luke chapter 4, Jesus' first sermon was how the Spirit can set captives free. Acts chapter 2, Peter's first sermon was how the Spirit can set captives free. Luke chapter 4, Jesus is led into the wilderness by the, by the Spirit to face accusation. Acts chapter 4, the apostles face accusers and respond by the power of the Holy Spirit. All of the book of Luke is about Jesus getting sent out by the Spirit to preach the gospel. All of the book of Acts is about the Holy Spirit sending out the church to preach the gospel. How many know the Holy Spirit activated the church? The Holy Spirit activated Jesus. Jesus' life was spirit-filled, spirit-enabled, spirit-led. And so here's the question we've got to ask. Ready? If Jesus and the apostles and the first church depended on the Holy Spirit, how much more should we? If they said, we can't do what God wants us to do until we get this, until we wait for this, the promise the promise that is not just for pastors, the promise is not just for worship leaders, and the promise is not for missionaries or super Christian. I mean, no, the promise of the Holy Spirit is for all of us in this room, all of us who are watching online. The Holy Spirit is for all of us. And so I'm going to ask you today to just take out every misconceived notion. If you've been around weird stuff, listen, that's, if it's weird, it's usually not the Holy Spirit for the most part. Because the Holy Spirit loves order, but he loves filling his people. And he loves using his people. And so I want to share three thoughts with you today. We're not going to be super long um, because I, I want us to get to the end of this. 
But, the, but I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you the first one if you're taking some notes. Number one is that the power of the Holy Spirit gives you hope for the hurting. If you're going through something right now and you're hurting in life, I want you to hear me. The Holy Spirit wants to give you hope, wants to give you joy, wants to give you peace, wants to give you all the things to walk through the hard times that you're walking through. Watch what Romans chapter 15 says. I love this in the, in the Passions translation. It says, now may God, the inspiration and the fountain of hope, I love this, the fountain of hope, may he fill you with overflowing, with uncontainable joy, with perfect peace. Come on, how many want some perfect peace? Perfect, hey, listen, you get perfect peace when you go through imperfect times. As you trust in him, now watch the rest of this verse, and may the, everybody say this with me, may the power of May the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Come on, how many want to radiate? I feel superhuman right now. Radiate with hope. Here's how you know you've had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. He gives you hope no matter what you're going through. He gives you joy no matter what you're going through. He gives you peace no matter what you're going through. Romans was written by a guy named Paul who was in prison when he wrote this book. I mean, no, not hopeful, hopeless. And yet in this book, he's telling us that if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to get radiant hope. Look what Acts chapter 7 says. Acts chapter 7, story of a guy by the name of Stephen. He's a regular guy. If, if he was in our church, he'd just be on the dream team. He's a dream team guy, passing out notes, just helping, serving people. He would be our hospitality. He'd be the coffee guy, okay? Because Stephen's role was to go and to help and to, to feed widows. Um, they, they had uh, appointed him just as one of the guys that could help serve people. So not a pastor, not a missionary, not some super duper guy, just a regular guy doing regular things. And he's preaching the gospel as he's serving people. The Jewish people hate that. They grab him and they drag him out of the city and all of the people have stones. They're gonna stone him for preaching about the power of Christ. And look how Stephen responds to the threats that they're playing against him. When the Jewish leaders heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Some of us get mad when people cut us off in traffic. Okay, this guy's about to die. And it says, Stephen, now I love this because it, it tells us that he's what? He's full. He's full of the Holy Spirit. In, in a hopeless situation, in a hard circumstance, in the, in the moment where he's, he's, he's about to die, he's full of the Spirit of God. And he looks up to heaven and he saw the glory of God. Watch this. This is huge here. And Jesus is what? Now, all throughout the New Testament, it talks about Jesus at the right hand of his Father. But do you know what he's doing? Sitting. This is the one time in Scripture in the New Testament where Jesus is standing as almost a standing applause for his boy Stephen. That in the face of persecution, in the face of hatred, in the face of a hopeless situation, who's full of the Spirit, looks up, sees Jesus, and he says, I see heaven open, and I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. How do you know, if anybody is against us, come on, how do you know the Lord is for us? He is with us. He is in this. And the next verse begins to tell that the guy that led this charge is a guy by the name of Saul. Two chapters later, Saul has his own encounter with Jesus, and we know that Saul becomes 
Paul and becomes one of the greatest men in all of Scripture. Most of the New Testament is written by this guy. And he was impacted by a dream teamer that was just full of the Holy Spirit. That was just walking through a hopeless situation, but because he radiated with hope, because he had overflowing joy, because he had perfect peace, how many of you know you can make a difference in a broken world if you will overflow with peace and hope and joy? How many of you know there are people who are longing for that, and you and I have the answer? You walk up into your job, and everybody's like, I hate being here, and you're like, come on, Jesus, let's do this. And you partner with the Holy Spirit to make the biggest impact in this world. The greatest difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is when you go through hard times, you shine brighter. Not you get depressed more, not you complain more because that's what the world does. No, because you're full of the Holy Spirit, you walk up into the middle of a doctor's office that's telling you you got cancer and you go, but I believe that God is a healer. I believe that God is with me. I believe that God is for me. And I'm telling you right now, when you don't know what to do with your finances, how many know? But I got hope because God's my provider. I have hope. When your marriage is tanking, you go, you know what, but I got hope because I put my hope in God and my hope, he can restore and redeem and heal any situation, any broken relationship. I'm telling you right now, when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you can face stuff that the world can't face with joy and peace and hope that nobody else has. And I'm preaching way better than you're responding, 930. Are y'all with me? I would, I'd love to invite y'all to come see y'all's face. You might need the Holy Spirit. That might be what it is. Don't worry. At the end, you will. Number two, look at this. The power of the Holy Spirit gives you boldness for the timid. Acts chapter one, verse eight. Here is the reason why Jesus told them to wait. But you will receive, everybody say it again. You will receive what? Let's say it again. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And here's, here's why, here's the answer. So that you can be in worship for four hours. So that you can just pray all day. So you can, no. So you can go out and go be my witnesses. So you can get to work. Most people who want the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit want them for themselves. Says, ah, you know that you got the Holy Spirit when you go be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, in Jennings, in Lake Arthur, in Roanoke, in Welsh, in your school, in your job, all over the place. You can tell people about what Christ has done. If you go and you read the Gospels at the very end, Peter denies Jesus three times. You go and you read Acts chapter 2, he's the one who preaches the first sermon in the book of Acts. 3,000 people get saved. What happens between his denial and his preaching of, of, and seeing 3,000 people get saved? There's only one thing that happened, and it happened at the very beginning of Acts chapter 2, and it was that all of the apostles got filled with the Holy Spirit. Petrified Pete became powerful Pete. All because of what happened in Acts chapter 2. I'm telling you right now, God will make you bold. If you're timid in things, God will make you bold. Acts chapter 4 when the church is under, under persecution, look what it says. And so they prayed. They got together. They did, they did their own 21 days of prayer. And they said, hey, we're getting persecuted from everybody. People don't like what we're doing. And said, okay, let's pray. And watch what they prayed. They prayed that the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit, and watch. And they continue to speak the word of God with? Boldness. With boldness. You can't say you want the Holy Spirit if you don't want to be on mission with God. God fills his people that are on mission for him. Spirit-empowered, spirit-filled mission for God. God, I want more of you. Not for me. I want more of you to do what you've called me to do. That's why we need more of God. So we can do all that God's called us to do. How many know the Holy Spirit gives you the power to become like Christ, but the Holy Spirit also gives you the power to do what Christ did? And you look all throughout Jesus' model of his life, and he was showing us and giving us examples of what it was to be a spirit-filled person. Number three, and this is the last, is help for the weak. Help for the weak. Survey. How many of you in here have problems with people? Raise your hand. If you have problems with people, raise your hand. If you have problems with the person sitting next to you, raise your hand. No, I'm, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I just started a fight. Oh, God. Come up after. You're going to need prayer, you and your spouse. Um, how many of you, okay, honest, got to be honest in here. How many of you have problems with anger? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. How many of you, when it comes to parenting at times, you feel like you don't know what to do? I, I mean, I just really need some help when it comes to parenting. Raise your hand. Okay, all right. How many of you have problems with, you deal with guilt and shame oftentimes? Raise your hand. Okay, all right. Don't have to raise your hand on this one. But how many deal with addictions? Can't break, maybe lust, alcohol, some kind of stronghold? Okay, listen to me. How are you going to fix that? You fixing you doesn't work. Watch. Ready? Watch. I, I want you to hear me. Here's where the Holy Spirit comes in. I, I want you to hear me. Romans. Watch, it, watch what it says in the next verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. The Holy Spirit takes hold of us. I love this. Takes hold of us in our human frailty to what? Come on, let's say it. To what? To empower us in our strength. To make strong people stronger. No, to make people who go, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to continue. I just want to quit. He empowers you. He empowers you. Without the Holy Spirit, it's you trying to help you. Who's going to give you the power to change you? You? Who's going to give you the power to break addictions? You? Who's going to give you the power to fix your broken marriage? You? How's that going? You fixing you is not in the Bible. It's not in there. You're not going to find it anywhere in here. Because if you could have done it, you would have done it already. You can't fix you. But I love God because he's so good because he says, I got a gift for you. I have a helper that can help you do what you can't do on your own. Do you want it? And guess what? All you got to do is go, give it to me. Give it to me. Do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No. But you do need the Holy Spirit to go to work on Monday. 
You do need the Holy Spirit to have a strong marriage. You do need the Holy Spirit to break addictions. You do need your Holy Spirit to honor God with your body. You do need the Holy Spirit to live with honor. You do need the Holy Spirit to control your tongue when you want to go off on somebody. You do need the Holy Spirit whenever you want to kill your kids. You do, come on, y'all with me today? Like, anybody said, I resemble that remark? (laughs) You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit every single day. Day, every day. So this, listen, this is the most important part of the message. This is the most important part. Because I think there are many of us in here. You're tired, you're exhausted, you're stuck. You feel like you're just spinning your wheels, you're not getting anywhere. This is what the, this is what the Bible says. Let, let me let God's word speak to us, ready? This is what the Bible says. Here, here's the invitation. Next verse says this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled. Pastor Josh, you said I have the Holy Spirit lives in me. Yes, you do. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But this is speaking of a refilling, a continuous feeling of the Holy Spirit. How many know oftentimes we we can leak? We can leak. And so it's just a refreshing of the Holy Spirit. I, um... In order to get filled, you need three things. A cup, you need a fountain or a source that will pour into the cup, and then, Bo, you also need space in the cup to fill. Okay, track with me here. The scripture says to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things that um, I, I, I don't like about like, and it often happens like at fast food restaurants, but it happens all over, when you order a drink, you ever had this and your waitress or the person in the drive-thru scoops up the ice, but they fill the whole thing with ice and then they give you like two ounces? I'm like, okay, you can go ahead and refill it again. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like full to the top of ice. Y'all know that, like, that's their strategy to not have to make you, okay, anyways, all right, giving away some, some stuff here. Here's, here's what I'm saying. I believe that God wants to fill our lives, but the problem is, is that we have it already overflowing with other things. And so he doesn't have room to fill anything because our hearts and our souls are so overcrowded with our own things, you're gonna have to dump it out and say, okay, God, here, I'm ready for you to fill. So, hey, listen, so how do I dump it out? The Bible says if we confess our sins one to another, we can be healed. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that if you forgive others, he himself can forgive you. How many know these are things that God is calling us to do? We want God's part, but we don't want to do our parts. And then we wonder why we're stuck. I'm telling you, your life is overflowing with other things right now. God's going, just surrender that to me and let me come in and pour fresh and new in your life. So the beauty is that we are a cup. We serve a God who is a fountain, an ever nonstop fountain that pours into our lives. Our only role is to just create the space for him to move. I had a guy at the 8 a.m. said, man, I love coming to this church. I feel like I always feel God. I said, you know why? Because we just create space for him to show up. 
And, I, so, and then I told him this, you know you can do that yourself at your house? Like it doesn't just happen, have to happen in this building. Like you can get your, the Spirit of God in your Ford truck out there because we know God drives, no, anyway, we ain't going there. All right, so. So this is what I want to do. I want to do this. I want to, we got to end. Before God can fill anything, Yes, Lord. We've got to empty. You've got to empty. So if you're here in this place and you don't have a relationship with God, it first starts with a relationship with God. This is how it begins. It begins with a relationship with God. The Bible said it's simple to be born again. It's very simple. We admit that we're sinners. We admit that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We believe that Jesus took our shame and our sin and our guilt, and he, he bore it on the cross. He took my sin, my shame, my guilt, yours as well, and he bore it. He gave us his righteousness in exchange. If we will just surrender our lives to him and say, God, no more of me. I want all of you. Less of me, more of you. God, I want you in my life. The Bible says that God will come, and he'll rule and reign on the inside of your heart. He'll begin to change your heart's desires. And today, you can not only walk out of this place with a new relationship of being born again with Christ, you can also have your cup filled with the full power of God in this place. I'm telling you. So, so I want to pray. I want to pray two prayers. I want to pray two prayers. One, I want to pray for those that need to give your heart to the Lord. You've been living your life for yourself and you need to give, you need to go all in. And then secondly, I want to pray for those that are in this room that maybe you are a Christian, maybe you are a follower of Christ, but you're stuck. Maybe it's the same sin patterns. Maybe it's the same addictions. You just can't get over it. You keep saying, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you can't get over it. I want to pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will heal you physically, will heal you emotionally, will fill you, and will flood your heart and your lives. If that's you, I want you to do this. I want you to just close your eyes right there and you are. Just right there where you are, you say, Pastor Josh, that's me. I want to be born again. I want a relationship with God. I know I need that. If that's you, all across this room, I want you to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. Come on, hands going up all over the place. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Keep them up. Keep them up. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Keep them up. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32. Praise God. Praise God. You can put your hands down right there where you are. Come on, church. I want y'all just to pray this with me. Come on. Pray this together. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God and that you died on the cross for my sin, my shame, and my guilt. I believed you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. Today, I turn from my sins and I put my faith in you. Jesus, be my Savior. Father, be my Lord. Holy Spirit, be my helper. From this day forward, heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen.